For the past 10 years when we had school shootings, we would hear Republicans say thoughts and prayers after every school shooting. No solutions, no progress, just thoughts and prayers. What I want to explore today is, is the phrase Black Lives Matter becoming the democratic version of thoughts and prayers, where politicians offer no deep, meaningful change or solutions or progress, but just give you a phrase, just paint it on the ground, just wear the button, just write the tweet, but no tangible, measurable action. Let me unpack it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. I've been watching the uh, Democratic convention for the past few days, and um, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm a lifelong voter for Democrats, but also a lifelong critic of the Democratic Party, and I, I just see that as part of my role and responsibility to help hold uh, this party responsible and call them out on their BS. And I, I'm seeing something at the convention that disturbs me. And it's indicative of what I see even across the country. And I just want to unpack and explain it for a few minutes today and, and help you in some ways develop a radar for it, because I think you'll see it happening all over the place. You know, until the pandemic, <laughs> which is really despicable, until the pandemic, the United States had school shootings and mass shootings a few times a week. I mean, every, you know, all the time, over and over and over again, including horrible school shootings that would sometimes kill dozens of children at a time at elementary schools, high schools, all over the country. And when we would have these mass shootings at churches, at Walmarts, at movie theaters, at schools. And when I said the pandemic is the only thing that stopped them, I mean, basically, the only reason we haven't had school shootings for the past six months is because people haven't been in school, haven't been at malls, haven't been at movie theaters. Otherwise, we would have continued to have them. But after all of them, no matter how bad, no matter what district, no matter what area of the country, no matter the circumstance, we would get conservative Republicans who are really in the pockets of the gun lobby just to say, like, hey, thinking of you, <laughs> I'm giving you my thoughts and prayers. And even then, you don't know, like, are, okay, are you saying that you're literally stopping and praying? I don't even know if I believe that. I, you know, thoughts and prayers ended up kind of becoming code for, hey, sorry, sorry that happened to you. I'm not going to do anything about it. We're not going to intervene to help. I mean, we're not going to change the policies that cause these things. We're not going to, you know, do anything that actually prevents these mass shootings like pretty much the entire world has done to stop them and prevent them. They are a rarity in the entire developed world. But yeah, yeah, thinking of you, fake praying for you. And after a while, it really rubbed people raw and just kind of rubbed people to a nub because it's like, no, listen, you know, senior citizens, immigrants, people in 
you know, black folk in churches, uh, Latinos and immigrants at a Walmart in Texas, you know, children at high schools and middle schools and elementary schools all over the country are being slaughtered. And you're basically offering a snarky tweet. And it did. It pushed people the wrong way. And I get it. For the next few minutes, I want to tell you how I think Democrats are doing something very, very similar. I'll talk next after a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. If you've been listening to The Breakdown for very long at all, you know how much I love Blinkist. It's one of my favorite tools for learning new things and staying informed. And Blinkist gathers the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and it condenses them down into 15-minute clips. They call them Blinks, that you can read or listen to on the go so you can get the main ideas of books in a hurry and then decide later, like, yeah, I want to read this whole thing. And I love Blinkist because it's made for busy people who want to get the main points of a book super quickly so you can start using that information right away. And right now, for all of our listeners, just for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash breakdown, you can try it for free for seven days. I want you to do that. And you can get 70, I mean, rather 25% off of your new subscription. And that's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash breakdown, and start your free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25% off but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash breakdown. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I love it. Super smart. It's really a tool that helps keep me sharp. Hi, I'm Nikki Rojas, the senior writer for The North Star and co-host of its newest podcast, America the Voiceless. As part of its Women Crush Wednesday series, The North Star highlights strong women of color every week who are using their voices to help their communities. This week, the North Star's Women Crush Wednesday is Indigenous environmental activist, Jacelyn Charger. At a young age, Jacelyn knew the importance of protecting the land her ancestors fought for. For six years, she has been battling pipelines and advocating for Native American and LGBTQ rights. Now, at the age of 23, she's the co-founder of three organizations that focus on inspiring Indigenous youth. To learn more about Jacelyn and why we're crushing on her and her work, head on over to at the North Star Media on Instagram to read more about her. It is simultaneously encouraging and beautiful and discouraging and painful for me to see the phrase Black Lives Matter being shared and repeated in certain places. Let, let me explain what I mean. I love, <clears throat> I love the Black Lives Matter movement. I respect so much the women who started the movement, uh, who coined that phrase. I, uh, I am proud to be a part of it. And um, and have no reservations or hesitation about saying that, period, point blank, dot com. So let's start there. The problem is not the phrase Black Lives Matter. The problem is not the organization Black Lives Matter. The problem is not wonderful Black Lives Matter chapters that I love all over the country. However, 
I am seeing the phrase Black Lives Matter being shared by people who don't mean it, whose policies don't match the moment, whose policies don't prove uh, that Black Lives Matter uh, to them in a real, tangible way. And it's discouraging in the sense that this phrase that came out of marches and protests, that came out of people putting their lives on the line, that came out of a lot of pain from the murder of Trayvon Martin to the murders of Eric Garner and Michael Brown and Tamir Rice all the way through Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and more, that phrase emanated from those painful moments and people said, listen, our lives matter, black lives matter, and you continue to treat us as if they don't. And so it came out of a, out of a protest of saying, listen, this country repeatedly treats black lives as if they don't matter. And so there is a part of me that sees I'm a huge NBA fan. And so when I see Black Lives Matter painted on the court, when I see every player in the NBA wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts before the game and during the game when they're not playing, it's like, damn, it's, it's a powerful, encouraging moment. And I know a hundred different guys that play in the league. And, you know, this is a dream come true for them, for the product that they've built to represent this and state this, you know, that matters. And so it's encouraging. But as I was watching, not just the Democratic Convention, but particularly as I was watching the Democratic Convention and began seeing the phrase Black Lives Matter tossed around by people and politicians and even police chiefs who don't have policies, don't support policies that prove that they actually feel that way. What I'm learning is that a lot of people, particularly Democrats, are beginning to use this phrase, Black Lives Matter. They're beginning to use it like Republicans use thoughts and prayer. And they throw it out. And here's the thing. I guess when there is a shooting, thoughts and prayers, you know, arguably are better than nothing, only slightly. And when we say Black Lives Matter, it's not just because we want you to repeat it. We want to address the situations and circumstances and systems and policies that treat black lives as if they don't. And so it's like, okay. Thank you for saying it. Now we would much rather you mean it. And to see it kind of bounced around in the convention by people who don't actually stand for for seriously, credibly holding police accountable, who don't seriously stand for drastically reducing mass incarceration, to see that feels like... um. Not a, I don't think betrayal is the word, but it just feels a bit like a slap in the face. It feels phony and it's convenient and politically beneficial for people to say Black Lives Matter when you don't actually do the work or even support the people who do the work 
that shows that you actually care about it. Um, it's why, listen, I will, I will do everything I can to vote Trump out of office. And, you know, that's, I think that's a critical emergency, but it's why we need people who will still say, listen, thank you for your turn of a phrase, but please, can you actually have policies that support it? Can you actually back the activists and organizers and upstart leaders? So when they say Black Lives Matter, for instance, but block Ilhan Omar, uh, Ayanna Presley, and others from speaking at the Democratic Convention and instead basically make the, the lineup of keynote speakers kind of a, you know, an old white event and leave out some of the most profound black voices uh, of truth in that moment, it bothers me. And we just have to have a radar for people who are now using the phrase Black Lives Matter, but whose policies don't really match it. Listen, love and appreciate you all. I'm glad to be back on the daily grind here uh, on the Breakdown Podcast. Uh, Glad to connect with you all. Listen, if you love this podcast, we need your support. We need you to chip in. We are completely independent. We don't have any outside investors or or corporations or, or angel investors. We are fully independent from top to bottom. Uh, We are not owned by any external corporations, uh, which is what allows us to speak truth to power. If you go now to patreon.com slash the breakdown, you can become a monthly backer and we really, really need your support. Love and appreciate you all. Got to run, got work to do, but let's keep on pushing. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Break, 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 break.